Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Hello there. I want to begin today by just giving you some encouragement. You know, the last couple of years hit everybody hard, but educators and school leaders took I think, a doubly hard hit. And I know that in our nation, we have a crisis in public education, and it's not a matter that everyone in private education escaped the impact of COVID, not just on people who were ill and lives that were lost, but in all of the conflict and chaos and all of those things that came along with it. I want you to know, whether you are just starting an education or you've been a trooper for a long time, you really are doing eternally significant work. And I know you know that, but sometimes it's good just to have a voice come along and affirm something for us. I'm Stephanie Smith, and I'm here with this podcast to help you unlock teaching excellence in the classroom and leadership excellence in your school. I'm the aide you don't have to pay who wants to see you succeed because I want to see upcoming generations raised up who enter adult life prepared with emotional maturity, with a spiritual vibrance in their faith in God prepared to go into this world with excellence on earth and with significance for eternity. Today, we're going to continue our dive into Chip and Dan Heath's excellent New York Times bestseller, Made to Stick. Last week, we highlighted the curse of knowledge and the first letter of the success acronym, S for simple, which included the concept of CI, commander's intent, and how this can be applied in a school setting. Before we continue, have you signed up for the three keys yet? This newsletter delivers meaningful information, resources, not just from me, but curated from others, and ideas directly to your inbox, plus vital encouragement. There's no cost, only benefits. There's no grading clutter. Only great content. Get something in your inbox that will encourage and empower you in your calling. So invest one minute now to sign up, and you're going to receive an excellent return for that one minute of time. So hop on over to key3educators.com. And if you're listening to this while you're hiking or fishing or driving, chopping lettuce or shopping for shoes, Well, there's a link in the show notes you can come back to and access later. Today, we're going to finish up our look into Made to Stick, one of several books written together or separately by brothers Chip and Dan Heath. And in this particular work, the authors illustrate how using the SUCCESS acronym empowers effective communication, which leads to accomplishing objectives and where real learning takes place. Because education, after all, is just one specialized form of communication. The principles in Made to Stick 
really do apply both in and out of the classroom. You may have policies for your school that you need to communicate, team meetings, department goals, parent involvement initiatives. This information can be applied throughout your organization. So what's the acronym? SUCCESS. Simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, emotional, and stories. And if you're like, wait, what about the last S? Well, just think of stories covering both of those. We're going to pick up where we left off last week with the focus on SIMPLE, the first letter in the acronym, and talk about schemas. The Heaths propose the use of schemas, which they define as, quote, pre-recorded information stored in our memories, enable profound simplicity. That sounds pretty good, right? As an educator, profound simplicity sounds like a win to me. They continue, and I quote, Schema is a collection of generic properties of a concept or a category. Schemas consist of lots of pre-recorded information stored in our memories. If someone tells you that she saw a great new sports car, a picture immediately springs to mind filled with generic properties. For schemas to work, a teacher must know, not assume, what students already know. And because this information also applies outside of the classroom, this is important as well. If you are introducing a new initiative based on a mission statement and nobody really knows what your mission statement is, it's not going to be successful communication. You know, if I'm in an auto parts store, that doesn't make me know anything about how a catalytic converter operates, or in my case, what one even is, then if I'm in the hardware store next door where I am quite at home and do know quite a bit, and that's because my schema of information regarding auto parts could fit into about an eighth of a teaspoon. However, my knowledge about things that are in hardware stores could fit in a five-gallon bucket. What's important about this in education is making the distinction between what has been taught and what students actually learned that became part of their stored body of knowledge. So just because last year's class covered the parts of speech doesn't mean every student has those as part of their language schema, their stored information. Identifying the knowledge students have at the beginning of a course or unit reduces frustration and wasted time. And this is where CI statements or commander intent statements, which we talked about in the last episode, would be incredibly helpful. Analogies are power tools in a teacher's workshop or medicine in their cabinet or art supplies on the shelf. Now, whichever one of those phrases you most keyed in on, power tools in a workshop, medicine in a cabinet, or art supplies on a shelf, your brain immediately formed an image. Vivid or favid, detailed or sketchy, colored or grayed, an association appeared, 
quite possibly accompanied by an emotion. The image of power tools may have revved you up while art supplies drew a blank canvas. For another person, art supplies would launch the brain into images of paint tubes, jars of brushes, and stacks of multicolored paper. You see, analogies are like chrysalises that allow incomplete complexities to emerge in understanding, wonder, and delight. I am assuming at this point chrysalis is part of your schema. If it's not, I risk you breaking focus to look it up or to just miss this point altogether. You see, schemas matter. If you don't know or forgot what a chrysalis is, which, by the way, is the protective covering of a pupa, a still-developing insect in non-scientific terms, this allows the creature to grow safely until it bursts to maturity. If you don't know that, then any analogy that I'm going to make using chrysalises is going to either be lost on you or it's going to be frustrating to you. Either ways, communication is going to be impaired. Analogies are a powerful way to apply this first principle of simple. What's another way that the idea of simple can be applied? Well, think campaign slogans. I know that probably brings up more dread than joy, but they're effective. Whoever you voted for, let's say in the 2016 election, I bet you recall Donald Trump's campaign slogan, Make America Great Again. Four words. They were simple. They were clear. They were focused. What was Hillary Clinton's message? Waiting, waiting. And a few decades earlier, Bill Clinton won the presidency with the mantra, It's the economy, stupid. Four words. Simple, clear, focused. It takes work to reduce messages to simple statements, but done well, these stick. And you see this in so many marketing campaigns with brands. What's the Nike slogan? Just do it. The Wendy's commercial from the 1980s, where's the beef? Sometimes what happens in education is there is a false correlation between complicated and significant. Things can be simple, and yet they can embody complexity, and that is what really sticks in a person's mind. The second principle in the success acronym is unexpected. The he's right. Humans adapt incredibly quickly to consistent patterns. Consistent sensory stimulation makes us tune out. Think of the hum of an air conditioner or traffic noise or the smell of a candle or the sight of a bookshelf. We may become consciously aware of these things only when something changes. I know as a teacher, we don't want to be seen as the droning on of an air conditioner that students have learned to tune out. But the reality is, without unexpected, that can be exactly what happens. While it's true, routines can create security, especially for younger students. 
It's also true that, and I'm going to quote the Heaths here, unexpected ideas are more likely to stick because surprise makes us pay attention and think. So surprise acts as a kind of emergency override when we confront something unexpected and our guessing machines fail. Things come to a halt, ongoing activities are interrupted, our attention focuses involuntarily on the event that surprised us, end quote. So how can this be applied in a classroom? This isn't the equivalent of having to run a three-ring circus every single time you step into the classroom, but it does mean being intentional about creating the unexpected for your students. Break up your patterns. You want to capture or recapture attention, not lower your students into an abyss of uncertainty and confusion where they have no idea why you're doing something. The key is planning disguised as spontaneity. Now, I can't emphasize enough how unexpected is so important if you're working with adolescents. The brain of an adolescent physically craves new and different. And I detail that in my course, Alligators, Contractors, and Adolescents. One of the questions educators must constantly ask themselves is, do I want to be comfortable or effective? And it takes courage to ask and answer that question. Your personality may not like the unexpected. And that's okay for your personality, but it will diminish your effectiveness as an educator if you don't, to a certain extent, kind of get over yourself. You've got to embrace creating the unexpected if you want real learning and true engagement. Again, what we're after here is not being wacky for the sake of being wacky. And unexpected does not have to be some grandiose plan that takes up your entire class time. Unexpected might be starting class differently. It might be making a transition during the class time in a different way. Whatever it is, the purpose is to create new and surprise that can engage or re-engage the brain. Moving on, have you ever pictured yourself as a giant mosquito? Don't those bugs make the most annoying sounds? Sometimes I think our students might think of us that we just sound like a giant mosquito. Well, in this case, it's a good thing to think of yourself as a giant mosquito. Why? You're going to want to, after reading Made to Sticks, dive into the gap theory of curiosity. Here's what they say. When we want to know something but don't, it's like having an itch that we need to scratch, end quote. The heats show why the gap theory is real and how to make effective use of it. Now, the important thing is that they said when we want to know something, not when I want you to know something. And here I'm going to quote at some length from the Made to Stick book. Our tendency is to tell people the facts. First, though, they must realize they need these facts. And here I'm going to interject, telling students you're going to need this someday 
feels more like a bruise to avoid, not an itch to scratch. So going back to made to stick. In 1994, George Lowenstein, a behavioral economist at Carnegie Mellon University, provided the most comprehensive account of situational interest. It is surprisingly simple. Curiosity, he says, happens when we feel a gap in our knowledge. If curiosity arises from knowledge gaps, we might assume that when we know more, will become less curious because there are fewer gaps in our knowledge. But Lowenstein argues that the opposite is true. He says that as we gain information, we are more and more likely to focus on what we don't know. Someone who knows the state capitals of 17 of 50 states may be proud of her knowledge, but someone who knows 47 may be more likely to think of herself as not knowing three capitals. How do you get people interested in a topic? You point out a gap in their knowledge. But what if they lack so much knowledge about, say, the Georgia Bulldogs, that they've got more of an abyss than a gap? In that case, you have to fill in enough knowledge to make the abyss a gap. Knowledge gaps create interest, but to prove that the knowledge gap exists, it may be necessary to highlight some knowledge first. Here's what you know. Now here's what you're missing. Alternatively, you can set context so people care what comes next. It's no accident that mystery novelists and crossword puzzle writers give us clues. When we feel that we're close to the solution of a puzzle, curiosity takes over and propels us to the finish. What? Students so engage their motivation to learn material or complete a task becomes intrinsic? Staff so enthusiastic about an initiative they treat it like their own? Well, while these objectives aren't easy, they are attainable. The principles of simple and unexpected alone can energize, equip, and encourage everyone tasked with communicating. And now that you've been bitten by this episode, treat that itch by reading the significant work made to stick. If you're an administrator, invest in a copy for each of your staff. Every time a group has a shared language, a synergy result spurring creativity and clarity. This book is a great professional development resource, and you can encourage informal discussions as well as set up opportunities for structured conversations about how you can apply these principles in your unique setting. The remaining principles are concrete, credible, emotional, and stories. And I'm not going to detail those because I'm going to leave you with an itch to scratch a knowledge gap. And I guarantee, while this book is not expressly written for educators, it is like an award-winning recipe, a top-of-the-line Tesla, an all-inclusive beach vacation. See what I did there with those analogies? Something you've got to try for yourself. In upcoming episodes, we're going to be looking at chocolate education and I Love Lucy. 
hearing from special guests, and introducing you to more resources which will help unlock leadership and teaching excellence in your school. Be sure to sign up for the Three Keys newsletter at key3educators.com and give your inbox a friend. I'm so glad you've joined me today. And remember, my friend, you have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.